And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want. If you can't listen live overnight, good morning. I'm Gary McNamara, Eric has a morning off, but he returns for Sunday night, Monday morning show. Well, all right, now the writers were on strike and have been on strike, what, for about a month now? Now the actors went on strike yesterday. Here is the president of SAG-AFTRA. And thank you, everybody, for coming to this press conference today. It's really important that this negotiation be covered because the eyes of the world, and particularly the eyes of labor are upon us. What happens here is important because what's happening to us is happening across all fields of labor by means of when employers make Wall Street and greed their priority and they forget about the essential contributors that make the machine run. You may recognize her voice. That's actress Fran Drescher, who has been the head of SAG-AFTRA here for a while now. But just weird hearing her voice <laughs> there. Uh, Charlton Heston, uh, I remember when he was, and so was uh, Reagan. So, um, so it means everything shut down, uh, except I guess reality shows. If there's no writers, <laughs> uh, reality shows, talk shows, movies, everything is shut down now. I mean, for the most part, most things were shut down, but now the actors uh, are on strike, so it could go on for it. I was reading, uh, we're reading uh, uh, John Nolte from uh, Breitbart, uh, who made some great points because well, I'm not going to miss anything, and neither will I. I won't, it won't affect me. It won't, it won't affect me because uh, I just don't watch a lot of TV uh, anymore. We had a great discussion on that earlier in the show about, you know, just where 
media is going to begin with. And with Eric yesterday, we had a great segment on the fact that everything is changing, even in Hollywood. You know, even in Hollywood, they don't know what their revenue streams are going to be ten years from now. It's totally, it's a totally different ball game to project out uh, uh, revenues. But uh, Nolte was saying, and and he was referring to some of the Hollywood trade magazines that were saying this thing could go on for months that they may not even go back to the negotiating table till October that they realize that the only way that they're going to come get in a position of strength to bargain with the actors is to ensure cuz there's 160,000 members and remember the majority of actors don't make a great deal of money we're not talking about tens of millions of dollars that the top maybe 50 to 100 you know, uh, actors and actresses actually make. And so, you know, one of the allegations even coming from the unions is they're going to starve us out to get a better deal. As we have stated before, there are legit concerns of Hollywood. You know, you look at the everything you, you see, you know, and part of it is because of the activism. That's part. It's not all of it, but that's part of it. But the activism you know, you've seen, uh, I saw, you know, Bob Iger from Disney on uh, CNBC yesterday, and he's talking about the fact that you know, they shouldn't have got involved uh, in, you know, the, the culture wars. They shouldn't have gotten involved going after DeSantis. It was wrong to do so. You know, the reports that over the July 4th weekend that crowds were not what they expected them to be at uh, Disney. We saw at ESPN. And that's been a problem for years, why so many people were turned off by ESPN. It wasn't the actual sports content. Uh, it was the uh, the agenda that came from ESPN, especially in 2020. And people just said, nope, not going to watch that, not going to watch that. I was amazed the number of people uh, who were laid off. At, uh, at ESPN. That was shocking. It said, oh, okay, they've made the decision. We're about sports. We're not about sports commentary anymore. And it's like, whoa. I did go back. Who has it? Was it SNL here in the last couple of years where they had Stephen A. Smith and whoever's on with him? Now, I dropped ESPN years ago. So, you know, I might see some clips on YouTube during the NFL season. But I don't, I don't recognize the people that are on Stephen A. Smith. Yes, but they had they had one of the SNL people impersonating Stephen A. Smith, and then whoever the other person is. It was like, what a fine day it is today! It's a really great day. It's a beautiful, sunshiny day. So it's a really great day. And then back to Stephen Stephen A. Smith. No. It's an absolutely fantastic, wonderful day. What are you talking? And they're screaming about at each other about nothing. It's actually pretty funny, uh, but that wasn't that wasn't the reason why. Even though I do in sports sit there when people go absolutely ballistic, angry about it, and I'm like, yeah, really now. <laughs> that kind of stuff is really getting you angry. Uh, I was the biggest sports fans out there, sports fan out there in my youth especially, and I never got angry about those things. But, you know, that's part of what's hurt the revenue stream, which makes it an unknown. We don't know. 
and and the the far left activism that's coming out of Hollywood is not going to change. That's a huge problem that they're going to have. You know, we see the movies that are succeeding. We see what the really monster blockbusters are. And they aren't the liberal agenda-driven movies. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. And we see what's going on with TV right now. And we've had a had a talk this morning on it and talked about it yesterday. And Eric and I had a lot of talks about our personal viewing habits, which really are going to YouTube, which is the ability now of probably more independent movie makers. And as I mentioned, the town next to me in Texas is building a huge movie studio. Well, can you get it out? Is is the is the whole ball game, you know, changing. And we've I've I've spent a lot of time talking about YouTube and how much I watch YouTube because I find what I can find on there from individuals, especially with, you know, the uh, modern cameras, video equipment, phones that we have out there and the clarity of the picture and the the, the software to edit. But you go to YouTube and you're amazed that these individuals put together, you know, many things that are very close and it's sometimes just like, you know, any type of television production. And so if you're looking just for new content and not a political narrative to be driven at you every single moment, there's lots of different places. So there are legit concerns besides the normal. And I know the unions are going to say it's all about greed. It's all about this. It's also about, I think, Hollywood saying, where are we going to go? Where are we going to be in 10 years? Can we survive? What kind of a contract? We do this contract now and everything changes. Where do we go? What do we do at that point? We're in uncharted territory because of 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 technology and social media. 
So it will be interesting to see what goes on there, even though, uh, you know, I, I guess here's my point. If UPS goes on strike, everyone will notice. Because, and we'll notice a lot more than we would have 20 years ago. I've probably had six or seven packages delivered to my house yesterday. <laughs> and I can't believe. Oh, in fact, I forgot to order something. I was going to order something before the show, <laughs> hoping that it got to me here in the next couple of days. I'll have to do that. Hey, we got to take a break. I got to order something. <laughs> I have to Gary order, McNamara, Eric Harley. I have to order something before YouTube or YouTube before UPS goes on strike. <laughs> but I had I did notice that three of my packages yesterday were delivered by UPS. So it's like wow, and so uh, that's when I put it into perspective when I saw there may be a possible strike there, and so you have to wonder. And we talked about it earlier this week about the UAW, and we said, well, you should have been screaming a long time ago instead of getting into bed with with the Democrats and EVs and promoting something that we told you would eventually destroy your union. We told you. The two idiots overnight figured it out. The unions didn't. But we go all the way back to the West Virginia coal mining union after Obama had said, when he was a candidate, I'll destroy the coal industry. I'll bankrupt them. And they endorsed Obama. Well, so the union worker is paying the six-figure salaries, talk about greed, of their union management to support the party that has publicly said, we're going to destroy your jobs. And and so, you know, you, we, the UAW earlier this week, well, at Lordstown, before they went EV, you know, when they shut down, they were paying $30 an hour, and now they're paying 16 And with be- lower benefits, it's less than half of what, we, what it was paying before. We need to make more money. Well, hey, you idiots, and I'm talking about the leadership of, of the unions. You're the ones, you're the ones that got into bed with the Democratic Party, who said EVs. You can't make the companies can't make any money even with the subsidies on EVs, and therefore they've got to make it up by increasing the cost, especially of the popular trucks out there that people actually want, that the government wishes to get rid of, in just a little over ten years. And you're screaming, you used to scream, we want part of the profits. Now you're saying, we want more of the taxpayer handouts. You're not going to survive. But, yeah. And, uh, I don't know. Maybe the unions should have not been, you know, when you look at where Hollywood is going, maybe they should have fought back on the wokeness on the agenda-driven narrative. Maybe they should have told their members, this may affect the bottom line down the road. And if that's what the union membership wants, if they want to promote 
the insane narrative of the far left, if that's truly what the actors and writers want, well, then if they vote for it, well, then God bless them. You go down. You pay your dues to destroy yourself. Because that's what a lot of unions have been doing over the past couple of decades. And Eric and I have been laying it out for the last couple of decades. 866-90-RED-EYE. A federal strategy that creates a framework to approve greenhouse gas measurement and monitoring for the ag and forestry sectors. That was announced this week by Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack, noting public comment is being solicited on this plan with four specific topics of discussion. Animal agriculture, crop lands, data and data sharing, and general comments on the proposal. It also coincides with recently announced funding designed to advance priorities within the strategy. The investment we will be making over a period of years to advance measurement, monitoring, reporting, and verification will be consistent with and will advance the priorities set forth in the strategy. Public comment on the federal strategy is being accepted through August 11th through the Federal Register. White House National Climate Advisor Ali Zaidi adds beyond climate resiliency. All of those steps are also lifting up our farmers and ranchers who are responsible for growing the food and fiber that we all rely on. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. Eric returns uh, for Sunday night, Monday morning show. He's out doing some marketing for the show. He's okay. He's not sick or anything. And I have to say that because if I don't, I get uh, uh, emails and <laughs> and messages during the day. Is Eric okay? Eric's fine. He's doing great. He'll be back. He, he's, not, <laughs> he's not sick. And even if he was... <laughs> He would get better by next week. He's not, even if he was sick, he's not going to miss a show, which he's not, but he would never miss a show. The show after the whistleblowers uh, uh, testify next week. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. But I was mentioning the, you know, the the actors went on strike and then the the threatened uh, U.S. strike at United Parcel Service, which, uh, you know, got a little bit of publicity yesterday. You had a think tank, an estimate from the Michigan-based Anderson Economic Group, uh, talk about that a threatened U.S. strike at UPS could come as one of the costliest in at least a century, topping seven billion dollars for a ten, seven day, excuse me for a ten-day work stoppage. The estimate from Michigan-based Anderson Economic Group in, includes UPS customer losses of four billion. And lost direct wages of more than one billion. A 15-day strike at UPS in '97 disrupted the supply of goods, cost the world's biggest parcel delivery firm 850 million dollars, and sent some customers to rivals like FedEx. Roughly 340,000 union-represented uh, UPS workers handle about 25 percent of U.S. parcel deliveries right now, 
and serve virtually every city and town in the nation. A strike could delay millions of daily deliveries, including Amazon.com orders, electronic components, prescription drugs, uh, and more. They, uh, sh- The uh, shipping experts they talked to said uh, they also uh, uh, added this also could reignite supply, supply chain snarls that help bring back inflation. Talks are deadlocked right now between UPS and the International uh, Brotherhood of Teamsters Union. The Teamsters have vowed to strike if a deal is not ratified before the contract expires at midnight on July uh, 31st. The thing is, in this case, and this is the point I was trying to make when you look at union management negotiation with the UAW, when they're talking about we need higher wages, you have no bargaining position. Company's not making money. Your bargaining position is the government needs to pay us. Well, you don't bargain with the government. You're bargaining with your company, with uh, with the writers and um, and and uh, the actors right now. Yeah, Uh Hollywood may lose some money off of it, but long-term, they don't know where the business is going. UPS, you know what's going to happen. UPS goes on strike, and the first week of August, people will be freaking. Why? Because we're... (laughs) Not only do we want to work at home, we don't want to go out and get anything anymore. (laughs) I know... I'm one of those people. I'm not accusing you of anything that I'm not. Deliver it to my house. Deliver it to my house. I don't want to move. Oh, I go on my phone and order that. Whether it's from, I can order from anywhere. Walmart, Amazon, how many different places can I order stuff from? And as I said, the UPS just yesterday, three packages to my door. Bonus show. It's Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, he's uh, Eric Harley, and uh, he'll be back on uh, Sunday night, Monday morning. So, yeah, I guess the whole thing with the whole union thing we've been talking about, whether it was the UAW or the, the actors' uh, uh, strike and the writers' strike or the possible UPS strike, everything is still based on, doesn't matter whether it's management union negotiation or just regular uh, free-range capitalism. I like that. (laughs) Supply and demand matters in all of it. This is interesting, though, for the possible UPS strike. A sticking point in negotiations is pay increases for part-time workers who account for roughly half of the UPS workforce Tenured part-timers, they've been there for a long time, are particularly frustrated because they make just slightly more than new hires whose wages have jumped 
in the tight labor market. Ah, I wish Eric was here because we both we talked about that when this was first going on, how when the tight labor market hit and they started hiring, you know, the the salaries went up drastically in many professions for new hires. But that just meant if you'd been there for a while, you might not get a raise. Well, now at UPS, uh, <clears throat> how do I put this? It's hitting the fan. It's like well, they come in and they get it. They they get it right away, and and we don't. And so we uh, we knew that uh, that um, we knew that that eventually would be felt by by companies. Uh, UPS, uh, the the consulting group here uh, looking at this, uh, said a UPS employee walkout would be a bigger risk to the U.S. economy than a work stoppage by UAW workers at the Detroit three automakers who started contract talks on Thursday. He noted the automaker talks cover fewer workers and have a limited geographic impact. Wow. In fiscal 2019, GM's fourth quarter profit uh, took a $3.6 billion hit from a 40-day UAW strike that shut down it's profitable U.S. operations. Oh, that meant the EV plants continued work uh, working. Uh, UPS is urging Teamster negotiators to return to the bargaining table, but uh, union officials say UPS needs to sweeten uh, the uh, the offer for workers who risked their lives during the pandemic to help the company generate outside uh, outsized profits. Same people didn't go to the stores, so. Uh, we risked our lives to deliver it. Wow. Eric and I never used that in our last contract. We forgot to use that. They risked our lives. Man, we could have used guilt. Maybe we could have got a couple more bucks. Maybe another week's vacation. You know, maybe some beer in the studio. We could have guilted our management. You know, we risked our lives. We came into the studio every day. We risked our lives for you. (laughs) You think they would have bought it? Well, it's going to be an interesting week next week. Uh, First off, I think uh, over the the weekend, I can't wait to see the Republicans' response uh, in full today. Uh, to uh, cocaine gate because it's really amazing and the thought process has all been the same this has been a cluster from the beginning nobody's given a straight answer and if it has nothing to do with hunter biden why did everybody in the white house act as if it was now the secret service uh came out with a statement yesterday saying that uh no forensic evidence and they're closing down the investigation because they don't know who it is. And so all these questions are out there. Well, did you interview everybody? It's 11 days. Why do you have to close it down? Continue to interview people. Maybe a witness will come forward, offer a $50,000 reward. <laughs> Hunter would be the first in line. Now, I'm not saying offer a reward, but 
investigate. Why do you have to close it down after 11 days? Why did everybody act as if they knew it was somebody well-known in the in the Biden White House who must have brought the cocaine in? That's how they acted. How come nobody could get a story right? How come Karine Jean-Pierre lied? How come we were told different stories at different periods throughout? It just adds to everything that we've seen this week. It adds to, you know, what what the American people already believe that either this administration is incompetent or corrupt because that's the one thing that the new IPP tip poll showed. Is it the IPP tip poll? I forgot what, exactly what they call it. But the new, I know it's the tip poll. I forgot the, I, I know there's an I before it. But that was really amazing, the, the numbers in that. And where you see uh, not only independents, but where Democrats are going in uh, in all of this in the in the polling. I have it here somewhere. Let me just grab it because it's really worth it. If you haven't heard about it yet. Yeah, here it is. People overwhelmingly believe it is likely that President Joe Biden took up to 30 million in bribes in scams connected to first son Hunter Biden. And now even Democrats are starting to believe it's true. Before we get to the numbers, We've been through so much of this that you almost, at times, and I realize it, I I realize that where we're headed to is the biggest presidential scandal in American history, or biggest vice presidential scandal, but it becomes the biggest presidential scandal because he's president. But you have never in the history of the United States seen an influence peddling thing like this. I could only imagine if this took place instead of Watergate. Because what was Watergate? Okay. Some people from the Republican Party sent some operatives in to try to bug the Democratic National Committee headquarters. They got caught. How was the president involved in it? Nixon, he didn't know anything about it, but he helped cover it up. It was obstruction of justice. So he didn't do that. Think about that. And you think about everything that has gone on over the, you know, really since uh, 2016. And, And starting with the Hillary campaign, I mean, the complete lie told to the American public. You just take everything that we've gone through, that one, where the Hillary Clinton campaign set up the Trump campaign. And then law enforcement didn't do their job. And the intelligence agencies didn't do their job. And law enforcement, Comey, they were corrupt. They knew that Hillary was attempting to set up Trump. They knew how Hillary was attempting to set up Trump. And they still went and invest. Instead of who they should have investigated was Hillary. And they went after Trump instead. And we went through all of that over that time period. Then we got to the first impeachment. Well, everything that Trump said, 
you know, he said, look, I want you to look into the corruption of 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 the Bidens. Well, we all know now all everything is leading to that Trump was impeached. And you can make the case that Trump was impeached because he was getting too close to the actual corruption that the Bidens were involved in. So you take all of that, then you take the bribes, but you take the the totality of everything that has happened, the corruption that we have seen, but you just think that the Biden corruption of the influence peddling alone, if that was in the 1970s, because many of you weren't around during Watergate, many of you were. When Watergate broke, it was just the as if it was the biggest corruption story ever, and it's nothing compared to this influence peddling story of what has gone on. The money is the money amount is just mind boggling. the 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 sophistication and the lack of law enforcement going after it, of of allowing it, that we're going to hear from the whistleblowers. This kind of stuff is just unprecedented. In American history, but we've been pounded on it so long, we're sort of like, okay, just another day, yeah. And it's not just another day. But even I get caught up in it because I've been talking about it for such a long time. It's like, okay, it's just a, some. And then you get the whistleblowers this week. You've got the email that the email, uh, you know, the the uh, 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 email thread that came out uh, from the. Uh, executive of Burisma earlier this week that came out that shows the intent of the bribe. That sets it all up. I mean, that's, that email chain set everything up and showed that Hunter and everybody knew what was going on. The whole goal was to get high American officials, which ended up being Joe Biden himself, to basically run cover for the corruption of the Burisma president. Exactly what they impeached Trump for is exactly what they were doing. When you put the totality of it is Hollywood. (laughs) When the writer's strike is over, if you do it accurately without the liberal spin, if you really do it how it would happen, you would have, this has been going on since 2016, if you started from the beginning of it. This would be like a remember when twenty four came out and ran for years. <laughs> you could have you could have a series that would run for years. It could run for ten years, and there'd be a cliffhanger after every episode for the next week's episode, and you could have that cliffhanger for the next ten years. But people overwhelmingly believe uh, it is likely that President Joe Biden took up to thirty million dollars in bribes in scams connected to first son Hunter Biden, and now even Democrats are starting to believe it's true. Uh, the latest poll, uh, the INI tip poll, uh, the latest uh, of um, of Republicans, Independents, and Democrats, fifty six percent of Amer- of Americans say that Biden probably took bribes. From sources tied to China, Russia, and Ukraine. 27% think it's unlikely. The rest, I don't know. But the difference there is 29 points. That's mind-boggling. That's huge. Survey is bad for the White House because it shows voters don't believe the president. 
The numbers for Democrats are the thing that's actually a little bit shocking to me. 39% of Democrats believe it's likely that he took bribes of $30 million or more. They believe it's likely. Unlikely, 42%. In the margin of error, it's a tie for Democrats. Republicans, 80% likely, 9% unlikely that he took a bribe. Independents, 56 to 22 Those are some bad numbers for the president. And there's no way that I can see that they can reverse those numbers. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. Eric is back on uh, Sunday night, Monday morning uh, with me. Wow, just looking at this story. Jeez. Uh, A police commissioner has resigned in Detroit after he was busted with a prostitute in his car. Brian Ferguson, who represented District 1 on the Detroit Board of Police Commissioners, announced yesterday he was resigning after he was hit with a misdemeanor charge. Not really a good look. Uh, he, um, <laughs> he was in the car with the prostitute and when confronted, asked officers if they could help him out. I'm going to assume uh, uh, he meant legally. Undercover officers from the Wayne County Sheriff's Department saw Ferguson committing a lewd act. With the pro- oh, they don't say prostitutes in the headline, but now with a sex worker at around seven fifteen a.m. on uh, Wednesday, when deputies approached him, Ferguson asked if they could help him out. Wow! Wow! Yeah, probably had to resign. You think? This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.